0: Well, good morning again, and we have dared to touch the untouchables in this series that we've talked about several things, and today we have another one of those uh, awkward and uh, uncomfortable topics that we're going to be talking about. To get us kicked off, I want to show you a picture up here. I think we got it to come through. Yes, we did. Uh, we didn't have video first uh, service, so it was uh, kind of a mess. But I uh, want you to look at this picture. It's such a powerful picture. There in the middle of the, of the picture is a very muscular guy, and he is carrying uh, a guy that's pretty out of it, a guy kind of like me, a little bit out of shape in a very awkward, unflattering place. But what, what happened is that picture was taken in a protest that, was, that happened earlier this summer. And it's a picture of, of a man in the middle. Uh, his name is Patrick Hutchinson. And he is a personal trainer and a grandfather, in fact, who went to this event, to this protest. And he had a group of friends with him, and they went there to keep the protest safe. Their goal was to try to keep people apart because there were protesters and counter-protesters. And the guy that's on his shoulder was a part of a far-right counter-protest group, and he had, was being beaten. He was attacked and beaten, and so he's pretty badly injured. But Patrick and his friends walked into the middle of the, of the mess, and Patrick picked this guy up, we don't know his name, put him over his shoulder in a fireman's carry, uh, and carried him out of the danger and into safety. And his friends formed a circle around him to clear the way for them to get out of of the, uh, the protest. You know, when I saw that picture, it was such a powerful thing to me. And it reminded me of a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 10. We're going to read that together, Luke chapter 10. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, and so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now you probably recognize that story. We call it the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Right? And that's kind of become a title, just kind of a part of our vocabulary today as we think about Samaritan, the person who helps someone in need. But in the story, a man is, is defenseless, he's in desperate need of help, but the only help he has given is someone that he has been raised to hate. He was ignored, passed by, by um, a priest, by a clergyman, and then a godly man. All of them just didn't want to get involved in his life, but then... As the story was told, he was rescued by a Samaritan, a nationality that was despised and hated by the Jews. And in fact, someone he had been taught all of his life was inferior to him. Now, the Jews had a problem with that. In fact, they thought everybody was basically inferior to them. The Gentiles were definitely below them, but even below them were the Samaritans, a group of people that were a mixed race, and they would be at the bottom of the pecking order. Jesus taught in this parable, however, that we should not only have mercy on people and love people, but also he tells us that prejudice and racism are sinful. And so today, the topic that's untouchable that we're going to be discussing is racism. Now, what is racism? Well, racism is hating a person because of their race, believing a race is inferior to other races, or having prejudice against another race. Now, a few uh, months ago, in fact, uh, Lori and I were talking about it yesterday. It's actually been almost a year ago. Hard to believe. I did a series called Woke, several messages about racism, and we examined it in a pretty specific way and what the Bible has to say about it. But I, I just felt like we couldn't pass this time up, just going on what's, what's going on in our world, but, but to take a few moments and some time and a week in our, in our programming to talk about this once again. And uh, and by the way, we have an amazing testimony that's going to be shared a little bit later and a perspective that I, I can't wait for you to hear. You know, obviously racism is a problem in our world, and there are different levels of racism, but I believe that everybody has some racism in them at some level. Every one of us do. No matter who we are, we have a level of that. Racism can originate from several places, from your family viewpoint and generalizations, We'll talk about that probably a little bit later. It can come from personal experiences maybe you've had with other races. It can come from the currents of culture, what's going on around us. It can also come from peer pressure. Plenty of people have been pressured into poor attitudes and, and uh, the way they look at other people. But you know, you get past all of those things, and the reality of it is that the real root of ra- racism is sin. It is sin itself. And the one who's behind all of this conflict and all the occurrences of racism and all the prejudice in our world today is Satan. And he is trying to destroy us and divide us by this temptation that he's throwing out there. And whenever we fall into that temptation ourselves, we in fact betray the heart of our Heavenly Father. And so that's why I think it's important that we as a church and as individuals, we want to denounce all forms of racism, all forms of it as sin, as wrong. And inappropriate for anyone, all everyone to participate in. And the reason that we can do that is because the Bible is so clear about that. Not only do we understand that we're all equal in God's eyes, but God looks at us in spite of our inferiority and he loves us. Romans 1 says, For God does not show favoritism. And aren't you glad that God doesn't show favoritism or bias or prejudice because we are so different and so inferior to him that if he did, we would all be out for sure. A little bit later on in the New Testament, James chapter 2, James, the brother of Jesus said, my brothers as believers do not show favoritism. Now that word favoritism, again, we use it twice here, it may seem to be a little bit soft, but the message behind that really is a stern warning against racism and the fact that Christians should be the first ones to confess racism, repent of it, and condemn racism in every form. Now, if you wonder why, well, maybe, you know, we're overstating that, the the, the significance of it. Let me give you seven reasons that racism is sin. Seven reasons. First of all, racism is pure evil. It is pure evil. Racism is against everything God is for. The Bible tells us that we are to hate evil and cling to what is good. And racism brings out the evilness and the wickedness in people's heart. Secondly, racism is pure self-righteousness is thinking that we are better than someone else for some reason, some reasons that we can't even change. They can't change. But racism says we're better. And Jesus condemned the Pharisees who were self-righteous, who actually thank God that they were not like someone else. We just see the self-righteousness pouring out of them, and racism has that very same sin in it as well. Thirdly, racism violates the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all nations. And if we think that we're better than someone else, we're certainly not going to be concerned about going to them, not only going to them to lead them to Jesus, or investing in their life and making disciples as well. Fourthly, racism violates the Great Commandment. Just a few moments ago in in Luke chapter 10, we read uh, the Great Commandment, love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love other people. If we have a racist thought in our mind, there's no love that can parallel that racist thought. Fifthly, racism questions God's creation. Acts chapter 17 says, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Notice here that from one man, from Adam, we all flow down from Adam. And God is the one who created us different. He made every nation. He marked out boundaries of their lands, but He never said that we should keep those boundaries. In fact, he, he focuses on and planned a mixing, a blending of His people into the kingdom that He wants us to be a part of. Number six, racism questions God's future plan. In Revelation chapter 5, it talks about uh, heaven and says there's praise and glory to Jesus who with His blood purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. The fact that heaven is going to be a mixture of people from all over our world, if we are really doing what God's will is, heaven will be a place of all tribes and nations. And then seventh, racism defies God and His value on every person and His desire for their salvation. So it basically says some people are deserving and some are not, and we know that none of us are deserving, that we're all the same, and that God's plan is for salvation for all of us through Jesus Christ. And it's sad that racism is even a part of our world today, but we know that its ugly head rears itself quite often. Obviously, the most obvious racism in our country today is against African Americans. But you know what? Other races have suffered it as well. In fact, down through time, many different immigrants have been unjustly targeted, stereotyped, and discriminated against down through the history of our country. Other people, other nations like Italians, Latinos, and other groups as well. And I was reminded this past week about um, a group, and I don't know if some of you, if you're about my age, you probably remember back in the maybe 60s and 70s, something like that, the Polak jokes. Any of you remember those jokes that, that were going around? And uh, basically, it was just about ignorant people, but it was a negative depiction and, um, and slurs of those who are of Polish descent. It was pretty clearly that, even though it was Polak, it was obviously that. Now, Do you know where those came from? Well, they were very common uh, back in Nazi Germany. And that's where they kind of began because they were started there to justify the crimes against the Polish people. When Hitler went into Poland, he, exec- uh, he executed all the well-educated people. He burned down their schools, their universities, and their museums. His goal was to take all of their education out so that they would not have any educated people and they would just be dumbed down and and kept ignorant. And that's where the jokes originated from. And I don't know about you, but it makes me kind of ashamed to have ever listened to or to have told one of those jokes and thinking about where it came from. But a lot of that was, was our culture, wasn't it? What we lived in. And it, and it was kind of ignorance as well. In fact, racism stems from ignorance and a lack of understanding. And I think today a lot of people are just basically ignorant of how racism makes other people feel or how their words and actions come across to people. You know, we don't know how our brothers and sisters in Christ especially feel, and we won't know unless we ask them and we say, what are you feeling in this time? What are you, what are you seeing? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And need to know that kind of information. And then we need to live accordingly. You know, several months ago when I did the Woke series, um, I I made this statement, not because it was profound, but just because it uh, reminded me of something. It said, I know that racism is real because the people that I know and trust and love tell me it's real. Do I experience that personally? I don't think so. Certainly not like others have. But I know it's real because people that I know, trust, and love tell me that. And one of those people that I know, love, and trust is going to be coming to share it with us today. I've asked uh, Joanne Brown uh, to, to come and to share a perspective on this. I want to tell you, Joanne, in my opinion, is one of the most respected people in not just in our church, but in our whole community. Everybody loves Joe Mama Brown. And no, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, and, and I know I've come to love her so much. Through the years. She is a sister and friend, and she's helping educate me about racism. And so we're gonna ask her to come on up, Joanne, and do it again like we did first service. So I just give her a big hand to get her started here. All right, my dear. You know what I've found it's always hard to say the same things that we said before. But you did a great is. job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, just give you free reign. To talk a little bit about it, one of the things we began with is what are, what are you seeing and what are you feeling today in our, in our culture?
1: Well, as I said, and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit go before me, speak through me, and uh, tell us what God would have us to know. And when we depend on the Holy Spirit, you never know what you're going to say. So doing it twice, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to God be the glory. I was telling Randy that growing up at my age, you would have thought I would have seen more racism uh, as a child, but I see more of it as in a, a granny now, every day. And a lot of the reason is because, thanks be to God, I was born in a Christian home, good Christian parents that were, uh, neither one of them had a high school education, but they were wiser, than any professor that I know today. They trained and taught us with godly love and protected us from a lot of things that were going on on the outside, and one of them being racism. Mm. We knew that people were prejudiced and made a difference with our race over different things, but they didn't teach us to hate because somebody Did you wrong? They taught us to pray for them and to love. But above all, if you know who you are and who you belong to, Mm. names people throw at you are not going to have the same effect as somebody that doesn't belong to the Lord. Amen. Now, it's easy for us to get angry. Don't get me wrong. Joe has got angry a lot of times at different things that she's seen and thought that were unjust. But you have to know the root of where all this comes from. It comes from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. It comes from Satan. And our job, each and every one of us, black, white, Greek, Jew, believers of Christ have to fight against it with the word of God. Amen. We have to talk to our families, our children, our grandchildren. I was telling Randy, uh, we used to sweep dirt under the rug because we didn't want to like talk about different things. And Randy has done an outstanding job preaching on the untouchables the things that people don't like to talk about, but it's God's word. Please give him a hand. Ooh. And as I was saying, we sweep things under the rug, and the only problem with that is when you sweep dirt under the rug, it's still in the house. Amen? Yeah. So it's time for us to sweep it up and throw it out. And we can't do it unless we talk about it. Okay. Randy asked me about unconscious racism. Are we guilty of being racism showing on us unconsciously? Yes, it comes out unconsciously. If I say something was racist to a white person, and they say it's not racist, that is unconscious bias that you have no idea what I've been through. Racism is real, just like the color of our skin. But racism is hatred. How can a heart of God have so much hatred for somebody that they don't know Hmm. only because of what they look like? You know that come from the devil. And we as Christians have to pray against it. Talk to God about it because it's real. Don't let yourself be played by the devil. Mm-hmm. Terry uh, said that in the last service. People are getting played. I said, Terry, I like it. I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. We get played by the devil. We we don't stand up. We don't say it's wrong. And when you don't, if, if I'm sitting by Randy and somebody says something offensive to me, then I think he agrees with him if he doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. So we as believers have to put on the whole armor of God and speak against it. Now, I was telling first service, I remember the day I first got called the N-word. Can you imagine remembering as a child the first time you got called the N-word? I was at Great Crossing Elementary in Scott County in the sixth grade, and I was fabulous then, so I thought everybody loved me. But I was on the merry-go-round, and I had got that baby just humming. You know how when you get it where it's really going? And this white guy, he stands up, walks over, and stops the merry-go-round and said, y'all end, get off the merry-go-round. Well, the next thing I know, I was in the principal's office. He was crying and I was scared. The principal asked him what what happened. He said, she hit me. He asked me what happened. I said, he called me the N-word. And he told me go back to class and he paddled him. That was a time when, and you know what? He knew the Lord. He knew the value I know that now because anybody else could have said, punish me Mm -hmm. and let him go because I had hit a whiteboard. But in all things, God knew for such a time as this, that he would have me here today telling my story. Mm -hmm. And love is the difference in what the outcome was. So look at your children. Look at your grandchildren, have that conversation, and tell them racism comes from the devil. And anytime sin can penetrate, penetrate your heart, <laughs> Satan is happy. Amen? Amen? Anytime he can put a nudge between you and our Savior, he's happy. And it might not seem like much to you, but just imagine your heart beating And somebody's puncturing that heart. That's how it is when we allow sin to go untouched. Now, the Holy Spirit will protect us, but we have to ask. Amen? Amen. So, if you think about it, it's been taught in the house to hate. It's been taught. Hate. Hate. Not an individual, not somebody that did something to you, but just hate because of the color of one's skin. I worked at Ram McNally, which has been world color and you can name everything else, it's being quiet graphics. I've been through all of them. But it was a time when Hispanics first came to Wolf County. And thanks be to God, I have the love of Jesus that loves everybody. That's a gift from God. So they didn't know the language. And I sure didn't know their language. But with love, you can show. And one thing about it, love, you can feel and you don't have to say a word. So I started getting complaints from my white friends about the Hispanics. They stink, Joanne. They don't know how to do the work. They can't do this. They can't do that. And it was revealed to me. 20 years ago, you would have said it about me. Just because of the color of my skin. But now I'm your hero, and you got somebody else to talk about. Don't be that way. Show love. Show compassion. Show how you, the golden rule, Randy, treat others, and it's still true, treat others how you want to be treated. Teach your children. There are children in our community last year that did an N-word challenge. Can you imagine? In 2020, That's evil and it's hate. And it's being taught. But thanks be to God, we have educators that fought against it. And it's not about how you say the word. It's how it makes a person feel. And we are all God's children. It's only one race. And that is the human race, and God is our Father. You got any more questions for me?
0: <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great. Uh, you know, one of the things that we just talked about um, in first service was just the generational thing. And, uh, and I just made the comment, and I want to say it again, and for this crowd, too, that you've done a great job in teaching your children not to see color. And, uh, you know, it, it breaks my heart that you have had, because I know you love everybody and you're kind to everybody, uh, uh, but you've had people, I'm sure, mistreat you. And that that should break, it it breaks God's heart. It should break our heart uh, to see that, to know that. And, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about the unconscious or the unintentional racism that we don't always realize uh, what our words say or our lack Mm -hmm. of of confrontation. Mm -hmm. You, You mentioned if you don't Speak up, then, you know, it's like you're affirming it or yes. you don't know if you're agreeing. And, uh, and there are no doubt occasions uh, that we could be the ones to speak up uh, and to, to rescue somebody who doesn't know what to say. That's right. You know, how to respond, because I know that a lot of times put, puts people in awkward situations. And that continues on, you know, whether it's, uh, I know in our community, Latino community mm-hmm. have experienced that as well. Yes. And, um, you know, just just how important it is to recognize that. And to be aware, because so many times we're just not aware. If it's not affecting us personally, you know, it's, yeah, it's like we, we don't see it.
1: It, it doesn't mean right. it's the same thing. But we have to challenge ourselves to be a better people of God. Because if you stop and you think, okay, I'm I'm black, Lori's white, we have. Asians, Latinos, ethnic groups of all kinds. But how does God see each one of these groups? Does he look at, okay, I got to have a black house over here for the black folks, a mansion over here for the Latinos? No. In my father's house are many mansions. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be segregated. It's going to be for those that love the Lord. I am a follower of Christ and I have a burden to be his ambassador and say what's right, what's wrong, what's sin and what is not. Racism is sin. And as we sit here in in our, our worship service, God is looking down. And what does he see? Does he see that Lori's white? Does he see that Joanne's black? No. He sees his children. His children. We, and you think about it, next time, are like a box of crayons. There you go. A box of crayons. We all do the same thing. We just do it in a different color. <laughs> Amen? Amen. And that is what it is to Christ. We all are his children. We just do it in a different color. Now, we, we, I have to tell this when Bug first started coming to Journey, my father passed it in Stamping Ground, predominantly black church, and Journey's predominantly white church. And I said, why do you want to go to Journey? She said, Mama, I enjoy the service and the preachers telling the truth. I said, yeah, but they don't worship like we worship, bug." She said, what do you mean, Mama? I said, when you walk in their church, if you say amen, something's going to happen. She said, no, it's not, Mama. I say amen all the time. (laughs) Well, that was a prejudiced way of looking at worship, was it not? I said it. If she hadn't been raised in Christian love, she might have thought it was something wrong with a predominantly white church. And guess where Joanne is worshiping? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Which shows you that God is real and his spirit can move and be felt in any house. Amen. When it belongs to him. There is no white church, no black church. There is only the house of God.
0: Amen. Preach.
1: And I thank God for it. But we are ambassadors of Christ. And racism is real. Mm -hmm. And thank God you don't know what it means to feel the hurt that I felt. I thank God you didn't have to go through it. But now... As believers, when we see it happening, we have to speak up. That's right. Amen. Amen. It is us that represents Christ. That's right. Racism come from the pit of hell, and it's and the devil is having a good time laughing at a fool. He's making out of a lot of Christian folk too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stomp the devil out. Call it what it is, it's wrong, it's sin, no matter what color it comes in. I'm like, uh, forced, it ain't a box of chocolates, it's a box of crayons. <laughs> and we all have our part to play, and that is to glorify Christ. Amen. Amen. So speak up when you see it's, it being done or you hear it being done. And teach, just like Satan is using those to teach in the home. To hate, we have to teach to love, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Bug, I want to. I want to thank you for coming and sharing. Uh, it means a lot to me, uh, and, I, and you mean a lot to me. I, I appreciate so much that you're here, and I kind of see you as a mentor, leader, mama, mama to a lot of us, and uh, to a lot of young people and a lot of older people too. You're you're so loved and respected here. So thank you for your leadership and uh, your love, and your forgiveness, and your heart, and uh, and thank you for sharing. I want to, we did this in first service, I want to pray, and we're going to pray that God would use us Amen. and his church uh, to heal our land. Just pray.
1: Right before you pray, though, I do sure. want to add, in first service, I was giving examples of how we have to fight against temptation, um, and I kind of threw a ball at Randy, he caught it, but. I just didn't want to do it this second service. (laughs) So, Lord, you watch it. (laughs) To God be the glory for each one of us. Let's put on the whole armor of Christ and let's love. Let's love.
0: All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you so much for Joanne. Uh, To have the the heart, the courage uh, to stand up here today and to be honest with us, Lord. And God, I pray that, that we would um, understand your heart, uh, but understand our world, and know how far sometime we are from you. Yes, and Lord, Lord for our own sin that we have uh, of, of being racist or prejudiced or biased, uh, Lord, I pray you would forgive us. Uh, God, uh, cut that out of our hearts, expose it to us, bring it up to, to, to be confessed, and Lord, that you would heal and restore your land. And God, I pray for healing in our country Please, Lord. and around yeah, our, our world, Lord, for this horrible ill that's causing so much conflict, so yeah, much uh, yeah, death yeah. and destruction, God, and that you would heal our land. And I, it begins with us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you again, you. Joanne, and your your Thank you're you, falling here, it's right yeah. here. Yeah, there you go. I lost dear. My brain. <laughs> yeah, you're playing. Amen. I would give her a hug but I don't think that's appropriate right now and uh, socially so uh, but she is a sweetheart. And uh, I want to wrap up. I want to ask uh, wrap up by asking you do you have a little bit of prejudice in your heart? And I and I think all of us do to be honest. It may not be a card-carrying racist but maybe you have a little animosity, some tension in your mind or our heart for someone who's another from another background. And I would say not only is that a, a sin that you need to repent of personally right now, but also you need to get rid of that and get over it because heaven's not, heaven's not going to be segregated. It really isn't. In fact, the only separation in eternity will be heaven and hell. And we've got to get over ourselves and get over that separation here in preparation for heaven because it's going to be awesome there. And it's going to be people from every tongue and tribe and nation around the world. So let me give you a couple challenges. First of all, be honest about this. And, and Joanne shared that. Uh, acknowledge that. Call it a sin, not a skin problem. She said, first service, it's, it's, a, it's a sin problem. We need to own it. We need to confess it, repent of it, and we need to leave it. And then the second thing we need to do is be intentional. Because the walls don't come down when we stand around when our group, people like us, with our arms crossed like this. We need to uncross our arms. We need to reach out to people and build relationships and restore and, or maybe build relationships that never existed or restore the ones that may be broken by racism. And here's the thing, that when you are a follower of Christ and you truly give your life to Him, all the walls will fall down. There's an amazing testimony of people, not only like Joanne, who were raised in a setting that, that, that wasn't taught but also people who had prejudice and hatred and were racist, but who the power of Jesus Christ were released from that and healed and and made right. And so when you give your heart to the Lord, He will take away all your prejudice, your bigotry, and your racism. The Bible tells us that not only has Jesus reconciled us to God... But also, He has has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And obviously, that means leading people to Christ. But I think we can't always do that unless we are reconciled to one another as believers, but also to those who are not believers as well. And our testimony is strongest whenever we're walking with God and we see people like God does. We're all neighbors. Jesus taught us that. And we need to love one another, show mercy and compassion And understand that all of this can only come through the power of Christ. You can't talk like Joanne, having been a woman who's walked in her shoes for these years, unless you know Jesus. And I will say that's for sure uh, because she has such love and no bitterness or hatred. That's because she knows Jesus Christ. And that's the Christ that we need to know and serve and can be committed to.